This is a Founding Media podcast. Welcome to the Balanced Badassery podcast, your weekly fix of wellness wisdom. I'm your host, Ali Waddell. How is your relationship going? How about your relationship with yourself? Well, this week, I'm digging into all that with my bestie, intimacy expert, Colette Davenport. Colette helps kick-ass people communicate effectively and connect intimately. But first, we got to talk about some self-love and some self-knowledge. So let's jump into our combo. I am so excited always to share space with this amazing woman who I've been friends with for a whopping, I think we're calculating 16-ish years. Yeah. Somewhere about then. Back when we were babies. Little, (laughs) little tiny babies. And now we're big babies. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about... One of my favorite topics, relationships, and how the pillar of relationships really is so paramount when it comes to your wellness. And Colette Davenport is an intimacy relationship expert. She really helps empaths or highly sensitive people become their badass selves with her badass empath school. But she is my go-to guru when it comes to all things relational. So, Miss Colette Davenport, introduce yourself to the Badass Brigade. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, so I'm an intimacy expert and master empath, and I love helping other empaths truly master their sensitivities so that that gift that we have no longer feels like a curse. Um, my career in the field of intimacy started when I was a college student and I uh, was there on a full academic scholarship, but I dropped out to work as a call girl. And I'm just going to cut to the chase. Fast forward about two decades and today I'm an international coach, a keynote speaker, and like you said, founder of Badass Empath Academy, which I love to call the school for gifted people. And, uh, yeah, I have this really unique perspective on relationships that, like I said, began over two decades ago, um, as I like to say, in the trenches. And like in a real world, people are like, oh, did you go to school to be, you know, to do the work that you do? Yeah, but not academic type school, right? Yes, I've been a lifelong learner. Yes, I'm always in some form of personal development and specifically in my in my field, understanding, developing my, my skills and my knowledge. Um, but I have also very hands-on real world experience in this area called intimacy and relationships. I have been privileged to people's most paralyzing fears and their deepest, most unexpressed desires when it comes to intimacy, sex, relationships. Um, So yeah, you can tell I I really enjoy this stuff maybe by (laughs) the passion that's coming through my voice. Yes, (laughs) yes. And we were talking briefly before we started, but relationship, I believe, is paramount to having a healthy thriving life and most people define relationship or think about relationship as oh I'm talking about my intimate partner Mm -hmm. but we both have a deeper understanding of that and so explain to kind of the group of why what is your definition of relationship and not only with others but also with yourself yeah and I think um Rather than defining it, I want to share a little bit of my personal philosophy, and that is that we're never not in relationship. 
right? In relationship to our bodies, ourselves, in relationship to our environment, in relationship to our friends, our family, uh, you know, potentially some form of uh, coworker or colleague. And then we can talk about intimate relationships and other sort of more romantic relationships if we want. But the thing is, we're never not in relationship. And so if we can reframe this idea of relationship when we talk about it, read about it, study about it, if we can reframe it from thinking it's all about like intimate partnership or romantic partnership um, and, and think more of relationship as a um, as an important part of our lives as as our bodies are. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just a fundamental aspect of being human. And so if we can lean into relationships as part of our human experience, then maybe we don't put so much pressure on the intimate relationship. Maybe we can approach that differently. Oh, hell to the yes. (laughs) I mean, Esther Perel, who's one of my favorite um, kind of authors in the relationship space, that's what she says is one of the things that's damning our um, intimate relationships currently is we used to be, we are a tribal people. Mm -hmm. That is how we have been brought up Mm -hmm. on this globe is to be this tribal person. We used to have all of these people to get things. Mm -hmm. Like we had intimate relationships with their families stayed very intimate we had a lot of friends we had a lot of we had this giant structure around us to help support us and now we're so solely focused on this soulmate idea this Mm. one person that's Mm going to meet all All of our needs needs, be the person you know (laughs) not only raise our children but also be our business co-person and you know understand the intimacy of our bodies and do all of these things for us and one of the things that i think is so paramount that you teach is that first we need to stop looking externally for all of these things Mm -hmm. you know it's not about finding somebody to fill you it's Mm -hmm. about filling yourself and then giving totally yeah 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 and so on that note of what you said a moment ago we we expect our intimate part i will just use for the sake of simplicity i'll say like uh, you know if i were talking about my my partner my husband we think our husband is supposed to be our lover our soulmate our plumber our (laughs) you know the the provider the you know father to the kids all these things right And to some extent, yes, but when we put that much expectation and that much pressure on our partner, and it goes both ways. I'm talking to the guys, like, and what you expect from your woman as well, and and every other, right, situation. But um, when we put so much pressure on our significant other to be all of those things, it really, one of the things that I see, what do I see? I see it hampers intimacy, Mm -hmm. and that sex life um, is the first thing to go, Mm -hmm. right? Sex satisfies sex. I'm not talking about fucking on the kitchen counter quickly so you can get it over before the kids walk in kind of stuff. I'm talking about really deep, satisfying sexual intimacy. Um, And so back to your second point of, yeah, I do believe that um, the way that we reel in our expectations of our partner, right, is by filling our needs ourselves, Mm Right. So my first coach, Alicia Marie, taught me that uh, when we get our needs met, our wants diminish. Mm. And really, there are only a few fundamental needs that we have. So if you think about what what is it that I can give to myself, where am I not being intimate with myself? And in this case, I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. I'm talking about self-knowledge, self-care, self-love, like truly 
fully unconditionally accepting myself. That is what I consider to be intimacy with self. Mm -hmm. And so when we're not being that, we're looking to fill that void or that what's missing, the gap, if you will, from somebody else, oftentimes that intimate partner, the significant other. Mm -hmm. And again, hello, pressure, right? Now, again, to be clear, I'm not saying that we shouldn't expect somebody to be intimate with us, affectionate with us, accept us, all of those things. But how can we truly expect someone to see us fully when we are unwilling to see ourselves fully? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so it all really starts with kind of honesty and taking the time mm. to really understand yourself. And so how do you how do you walk people through, you know, I, f- I feel so many of the women that I work with, that's one of the first things is they've just become disconnected. Yeah. They've become disconnected with self. So number one, they don't even know what they want or desire or need. Yeah. Not alone can they communicate that yes. to somebody else. So they have all these expectations yeah. that they're then not communicating that's creating this gap that yeah. you're talking about that they're like almost setting their partner and their relationship up for failure because they're having these unexpressed expectations and then getting pissed and or resentful and or whatever else you want to look at because that person is not somehow psychically reading your mind (laughs) and giving you those things. So what are some first steps that you take people through on kind of this reconnection exploration with self so that then they can maybe communicate and create kind of an open line? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, So I have a signature system called the five bodies and the five bodies are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and sexual. And it's a writing exercise and it's meant to be done over five days or so, right? Because it's meant to be a deep dive into each body and how we relate to that body. Oftentimes we identify and relate almost exclusively to our physical and our mental bodies. Physical Mm -hmm. body being these, like what you can measure and weigh, right? What you see when you look in the mirror. And then mental body in this context is the identity that we have for ourselves, which is full of our past roles, um, our familial, you know, status, like our relationships, status, all of those things that we identify with um, categorically. Mm -hmm. Um, So people tend to identify and really only relate to those two bodies. But as human beings, we actually have five. Mm -hmm. So this exercise can help them to, first of all, recognize that because it's not a common conversation. How many people are walking around going, I love my sexual body? No. And, (laughs) and, And when people think about sexual body, they're thinking about body parts. Well, I'm sorry, but that's all the way back at the physical body. I'm not talking about penis and vagina and a couple other fun bits. When I talk about the sexual body, I'm talking about the very core essence of our being. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this writing exercise, and that's the fifth step. So by day five, they've got sort of an idea of where we're headed and what I'm asking for in this writing exercise. Um, And they're starting to reframe their perspective of themselves and recognizing they're more than, you know, what I call the robot with the computer in the head. Mm -hmm. Right. We're more than physical, mental uh, beings. Thank goodness the uh, conversation around emotional intelligence is way more popular today because that is another aspect of our human beingness that as early as, you know, 10 years ago wasn't a common conversation in most circles. So the five bodies writing exercise is the first step I find extraordinarily helpful in people understanding their like who they are um, as human beings and start to relate to themselves in a much deeper and, and comprehensive way. Yeah, I absolutely, I 
love that exercise. It's transformative for yeah. so many people because I think number one, it's giving, you don't want to have to do this, but as an adult, I'm sorry, sometimes you have to do homework. And it's like <laughs> one of these things is like, you don't give yourself the space and the time to actually sit and prop. Most people are not sitting and processing right. like these things. And so having a coach or somebody walk you through this process mm -hmm. is really just the first step in like this awareness exercise of like, yeah. oh, I need to give myself space and time to tune in with mm. who I am today. What is going on? <laughs> that kind of thing. And so then once people really tune into kind of their wants and desires and reconnect with themselves, how do you then have them start using that information and in relating to others, like either on an emotional or, you know, physical level or just like on a personal level? Yeah, great question. Um, I'm going to talk about the emotional expression aspect of that question. Mm -hmm. um, so when people start to realize that uh, that as human as humans, <laughs> we have emotions, that doesn't mean we are our emotions, yeah. right? So rather than talking about I am angry, or I mean, you know, if you're angry, you're not saying I am angry. You're you're fucking pissed. <laughs> you're just like I'm pissed at you. Whatever, right? Like you're just going off. So rather than just being at the mercy of our emotions, when we can start to see, oh, this is part of being human, and I, um, I experience all these emotions from anger and rage and guilt and shame mm -hmm. to, you know, courage and um, joy and love and all these other good vibrations, right? So when we can start to see that, oh, that's what's happening, mm -hmm. and all of it is natural, all of it is normal, then we can start to communicate when we have those feelings, when they get triggered, um, or when they come up, right? Because it, expressing joy and communicating happiness and love and peace even is just as important as communicating to somebody, I'm feeling anger right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm feeling, like, shame. And yeah, it takes a level of vulnerability and a really high level of self-awareness to be able to do that. Like people aren't just going to read, like do the writing exercise and then all of a sudden they're, ta they're talking <laughs> like that. No, but again, a new tool, a new way to, excuse me, approach things, look at things and start to communicate things mm -hmm. um, and talking about having emotions rather than I am this thing. Mm -hmm. I am ashamed. I am I feel guilty would be more productive than, you know, talking shit about yourself in your head and how you like, you know, drop the ball again or let somebody down or da, 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 da. No, going to your, like having a conversation with yourself, whether that's in a journal or your coach or somebody that is, you know, a trusted confidant and saying, here's how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. That I believe is truly the first step to changing the trajectory of the path that you might be on. Yeah. And getting yourself where you want to go. Uh, Colette knows me on the very, very personal, deep level. And she does understand, like, as emotional as I seem, I actually have a very, very hard time expressing my emotions in the minute. The lower vibrational ones. The lo oh, no. Happy emotions all day long. <laughs> I can be joyful and exuberant and it's happy. Yeah. And it's very apparent. But if anything is not going right... 
my first automatic response is to go in a hole. Yeah, like, shut and down. To, and to hide and to shut down and to like stop communications. Mm-hmm. And even when we would live, even when we lived together, I would literally go hide out in my room. <laughs> and this girl has been my best friend for 15 years. And I would go hide out of my room. And now that we don't live together, it's amazing to have somebody, and I'm lucky to have two people, I have Colette and then my partner, Ken, that as soon as I do that, Colette knows if she hasn't heard from me in about three or four days, there is a text that says, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's taken me having two very strong, both of my support people are empaths, which is very weird for Miss <laughs> Unemotional, <laughs> um, to have two people in your life that call you and actually know when things are going on with me sometimes before I even Mm. know. Mm -hmm. And so Colette and Ken can both tell actually physically Mm. and like microfacial emotions. They can, they can literally feel Mm. that there's a shift occurring. And so they're really good about calling me out. And I want to say anybody that struggles with emotions or tuning into emotions or tapping into emotions, it is very important to find your person or people that will not allow you to slip out of them because being somebody that slipped out of them for 30 plus years um, and used very unhealthy coping mechanisms to never feel to now have Mm -hmm. to tune in is a challenge for me, but it's also my growth edge. Yep. Um, and it's something that I continually work on daily. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, I don't, why are you making me work on this? I don't want to work on it. Let me eat pizza and ignore everything and play on my phone. But that's an exact, uh, like the perfect example of what it looks like to be in a productive, satisfying, deep, intimate relationship. And I speak intimate, like you and I, we're not having sex, not that kind of intimacy, but um, we are intimately engaged in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. And and to have that level of relationship encourages and, and almost uh, like it implies that you have to be deeper in a, in a deeper relationship with yourself as time goes on. Like neither you nor I would be friends if each one of us weren't in, you know, growth lovers, right? Personal mm-hmm. growth junkies, but um, like in a committed, continual investigation of ourselves. That's, mm-hmm. that's what has had you and I stick around for so long. Um, I imagine among other things, but, um, is that that, that we hold each other to that and we, we support each other. And sometimes when you are wallowing in your shit and I wallow in my shit too, sometimes I, I can feel it and I don't need to do anything about it. I'll just check in mm-hmm. and you'll just be like, you know, need some time or whatever that is. I brush her off for a while and yeah. then I'm like, okay, you know what's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about, I mean, I am truly, it, it is a blessing that not many people have to have a long-term relationship that continues to grow in the way that me and Colette, if you would have seen me and this girl back in the olden days, <laughs> partying like rock stars. Because we were. Doing a lot. And we still a are. A lot of drugs. <laughs> doing a lot of drugs together, acting a fool. Um, yeah. And to just see where we have come now. It would make your head spin. But that yeah. that is the ability to really have a relationship that is full of blunt, blunt honesty. And we've had some blow-up, 
not talking to each other's situations. Yeah. And what has brought us back is that we both really respect and love each other at yeah. a fundamentally deep level mm -hmm. because we are very honest with mm -hmm. one another and we are honest with ourselves and it allows us to be that way. Yeah. So relationships relationships are the hallmark to your wellness <laughs> don't forget it we're gonna go into our rapid fire questions uh -oh. hooray <laughs> here we go what is your real life superpower oh man um i am a maker of magic yeah you want to explain yeah. that further yeah 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 so I use my words to uh to make magic to um literally manifest whatever it is that um I want to say that I desire but I want to caveat that by saying it's not just my desire that desire has to be in alignment with the higher power mm -hmm. whatever that may be right but um when I when I sync up with that what's intended for me, and I focus on that, and I use my words, I verbalize that intention that I have or that desire that I'm in, uh, you know, on the path to fulfilling. It happens. Mm -hmm. It happens, it happens, it happens. And so that is, you know, that's the basis of the work that I do as a coach, as a speaker, um, working with people and using language, mm -hmm. right? To, um, to help people craft what it is that they're up to and and then, you know, align themselves with their highest power and their um, highest good, then um, the magic happens for them too. When they can um, take that which feels true in their heart and speak it with their words and then take consistent action around it, it's, it's inevitable. It will manifest. Yeah. What's the shadow side to that? The shadow side is you can be manipulative. <laughs> True that. Yeah, or I shouldn't say you, I, we, um, as empaths, right? Um, we can be manipulative. And the thing is, the reason for that is when, we were, when we're young, as a coping mechanism, we get real good at reading other people um, in order to stay safe. So for me, it was reading my dad, who was volatile, who was an alcoholic, who, um, would blow up at times. And so rather than, um, just willy nilly, like riding the waves into that, you know, environment, mm -hmm. I had to get good at reading his emotions and then responding to what I, what I knew was happening in that moment to stay quote unquote safe. Mm -hmm. I was never in physical danger, but a lot of emotional danger. Right. Yeah. So, um, we can be manipulative if, mm -hmm. if, if we're out of alignment, if we're in our ego, if we're, you know, going unchecked. Yeah. Yeah. What's one thing that you used to believe that you no longer believe? Hmm. <laughs> so much. Um, okay, so I'm just going to go here. So I used to believe that I was an ugly, disgusting waste of time. I no longer believe that. Yeah. Right? And that was a deeply embedded, unconscious, most of the time, belief that was driving my life. Um, thank goodness I got over that shit because um, it was yielding a lot of unhealthy, un productive to say the least behaviors mm -hmm. so yeah she, I remember when she first read that to me and we were both crying <laughs> it was a really emotional moment yeah. um that yeah. realization that that was some background yeah. story playing out that so many of us have that we 
you know, talk about honesty with self. It's like you need to get crystal clear on what is the background programming that you are operating from that you don't even consciously... It's not a conscious... Nope. It's not like she was consciously thinking that. It's that that was a background program that you knew was coming. Yeah. So, final question. Cool. Two-parter. <laughs> what would you tell your younger self, you can tell me how old she is, and what advice would your 90-year-old self give you today? Okay. <sighs> to my younger self, let's see, she is, I don't know, eight years old. And what I would say to her is, it's okay to feel what you feel. It's okay to be different. It's okay to say what's in your heart and on your mind. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Even if, like, when you do, other people don't get it. Even if when you do, you get laughed at. Even if when you do, you know, it's not pleasant. Mm -hmm. It's okay to keep being you, no matter what other people say or do. So, and then my 90-year-old self, what would she say to me right now? Yeah. Fuck yeah, girl! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, as always, for sharing space with me and being my amazing best friend and my number one relationship person, <laughs> both personally and my go-to guru. Yeah, right on, girl. So, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like that you didn't get to say on the podcast that you would like to share with the world? Um, yeah, I think just to reemphasize that relationship is the thing that we do and we're never not doing it. So if we can um, really um, accept that relationship as a part of our lives, then we can start to look at it through a different lens, one that has it be inclusive um, and not exclusive of ourselves or, exclu you know, or only about intimate partners, but relationship is more about um, a part of being human. Relationship to our bodies, relationship to our besties, relationship to our environment, all the things, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that that would be ultimately the message that I would like to convey here is that you're never not in relationship. So give yourself the opportunity to reframe what relationship means in your life. Love it. Love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs>